JT, Monday, midday. Man, had to get this one in. We've been playing phone tag a little bit, but this is definitely excited to have this um, this young lady on the show today. Um, before we even get to the introduction, though, man, I got to gotta shout out the sponsors, man, real quick. So, uh, Urban Medical Aesthetics, Beauty Bar and Elk Grove. You guys tap in with them, uh, definitely for all your cosmetic needs, your facials. I actually got my first facial last week. Uh, like I said, I was a little nervous. Uh, be on the lookout for that little commercial reel coming out today. We'll drop it a little later. Um, yeah, give them a, a holler, 916-365-2013. Again, um, just tap in with them. Let them know Coach Jay sent you. Fellas, go get your facials, man. It's not a bad thing. It can help. Hey, feel it's not a bad not, not a bad look, man. Definitely worth it. Again, Urban Medical Aesthetics located in El Grove, um, California. Tap in with their staff over there for some great service and um, some A1. They got gift cards available. You can buy it for your friends, for your loved ones, for yourself. And again, fellas, also, we're looking for some men to get over there and take care of yourself. All right. So tell them I sent you. Tell Tasha, everybody say what's up at Urban Medical Aesthetics. Now, um, real brief, short introduction, but a big accomplishment uh, that should be talked about, uh, should be kind of, not kind of, should be rewarded, but also pushed and encouraged other young ladies other black women, other girls to follow in this young lady's footsteps too. So my guest today, real quick, she's a 2018 graduate of Florida A&M University. And again, hey, shout out to the HBCUs. Got it. Hey, that's love over here. I'm also HBCU grad. It's a lot of HBCU grads in the world. So we got to look after each other, support each other. Um, in July, she will be attending Vanderbilt University. But let's see, I'm gonna make sure I get this right. Tamaya will be Vanderbilt's first black neuros neurosurgery resident. Um, and for some people, we'll get into that. We're going to break this down because, I mean, neurosurgeon, neurologist, I'm like, okay. That's why I was like, I got to get some information. And she was kind of joining me, say yes to the interview. But we're also going to talk about the background of her work ethic and what's just driving her to just accomplish this uh, this goal of hers and serve others because in the medical field, you are serving. So, um, Tamaya Potter, thank you for being here all the way in Florida at this time <laughs> right now. So, we're in California. So, I'm covering a whole lot of ground today. So, I appreciate you for joining me. Anytime, anytime. Thank you, thank you. So again, and actually the, the most current thing, again, some people may have saw it like I did on Instagram, Facebook, it's popping up on the feed. You're trending right now. The, 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 the celebration hug, the dance a little bit was on there. And I'm like, what? You know, because I don't see that often. But uh, for right now, we can jump to the most current thing. Give me a little bit of background about you in the medical realm or field of, uh, of work that you were interested in. What, what brought that about for you? Where did that come from? Yeah, so I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida, Wakulla County, Florida, and my mom's a nurse. So I kind of had a lot of a medical influence from there. And the high school that I went to really wanted people to have a job after they graduated. It was a Wakulla County High School. And so you could be a welder, you could be a mechanic, and then you could also be a CNA. So I got my CNA certification whenever I was 17 years old and I started working in nursing homes. And this was right before I went to FAMU. So I didn't have anatomy and physiology. I didn't really understand what was going on. And I worked at night. I used to come on every night and I'm just like, why do these patients not remember me? Like I feed you every night. I bathe you every single night and you don't remember me. And so whenever I got to FAMU, that's when I learned about Alzheimer's, I learned about dementia. I learned about spinal deformity because I try to dress patients and they're like all bent over. And I'm like, why can't you sit up, you know? And that's whenever I learned all of that. And then whenever I transferred to the local hospital in Tallahassee, I was a float CNA. So I saw PEDS, OBGYN, I saw oncology, I saw med surge. But whenever I was working with patients who had neurosurgical issues, those were the patients who really interested me. And it wasn't really just me coming into my job and taking care of patients. I actually wanted to know 
why is this person having this issue? Why do they have this deficit? And so um, I was able to connect with the local neurosurgeon there and I saw a case and I was like, okay, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is pretty cool. Yeah, that's we talking about mom being, mom being a nurse and um, that had, I'm sure I had something to do with the, the upbringing of that, but how far back did you even could correlate the two? Like you always know that what age can like mom helping patients? Oh yeah. How far back did that go? I would have to say like four or five years old. You know, it was, my grandma used to tell me, so my dad is in the military, so he loves like gory movies and all that stuff. And so I'd be like watching movies with him and my grandma would be like, no, this is not appropriate for a kid, you know, like blood and guts and stuff. But I would be like, she, t she told me that I would be like, grandma, it's fine. It's just the heart. Like, it's just blood. It's not that bad. And so like, I've never really had like an aversion to medicine or aversion to blood. I was always curious about anatomy. And because my mom was a nurse educator, she would take us, you know, with her whenever she went to work or other jobs. And so I would see things like IVs. I would see, you know, anatomical models and not want to play with them. You know, I'd be like, okay, this is on here. Where is that on me? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, whenever I used to visit home, I would read like my high school yearbooks, my middle school yearbooks, and, you know, people sign them. And they would sign them saying, you're going to be a great neurosurgeon. So this was back like sixth grade. Like I was 11 years old. People were saying this because I was really passionate about it. So they are uh, speaking into existence for you. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing about it. That's, and that's funny you say that because mm -hmm. your books, I mean, that was, I mean, it's been a thing for years, right? I'm on, yeah. I, I remember that, but people actually are, for you to actually get into that role. Um, how, I guess, once you got interested, right? I mean, so and this, originally, like I said, my podcast going on, man, it's almost 100 episodes, right? Start out mm -hmm. sports background, right? In sports, we talk about like just work ethic, time you put in, reading, mm -hmm. whatever. Or, I mean, work on your craft, right? But you can do that in anything. You have to do that in anything to be good or right. be successful, right? But then you starting your mom already four or five. Did you start like doing even more kind of like research stuff or did you kind of just look into it more? It was more appealing. How much time do you say you spent like watching? Oh, about the body or researching this or creating something like are you creating yeah. stuff when you're a little girl are you making little things what were you doing into at that age outside of honestly my entire life like when you think about what it takes to get to this point mm -hmm. you know a lot of people don't realize the journey and so when you start like even as a little kid i was in gifted classes you know i mm -hmm. did things like that whenever i was in medicine if they or whenever i was in middle school if they had like a medicine interest group i would be involved in that and it's not even that you know when you talk about education you know I had to make sure that my grades were great. So I wasn't just taking your average classes. I was taking AP classes. I was taking honors classes. Whenever I was in high school, I was dual enrolling in college classes because I needed a competitive GPA to get into a good college. You know, like it's not one of those things to where you wake up in the morning and you say, okay, I'm going to do this. It's like a lifetime of training and it doesn't stop there. You know, once every moment you had to make sure you were competitive or the top applicant for the next stage. And so I was trying to do that in high school. You know, I was on the honor court. I made sure to have one of the highest GPAs. You know, I was vice president. Like you had to have a lot of extracurricular activities. And then I, when I got in college, it just increased. You know, I had to make sure that I was taking some of the most competitive classes because of my major in chemistry. And, and you can't just pass. Like you have to do well. So you have to get A's. And not even that, you know, research opportunities. So every summer at FAMU, I was always in a different place. So I did Boston University one summer doing research there. And another summer I went to Baylor College of Medicine because you need to make sure that your CV or your resume has research on it as well. And so, you know, it's really like a lifetime coming. And that's just 
that's before you even get into medical school. Right. And right, then right. once I got into med school, you just kept going. You know, you're doing research, you're going to conferences, you're trying to make sure that you're creating a very diverse portfolio that's competitive as well, because that's what's required if you want to do something like this. Yeah, definitely not the average path of a a, a student or <laughs> at any age, right? Anything that's that's definitely not average or normal, as they would say, but it's different, but it's needed. And we mm -hmm. talked about this right before we got on right now, but okay, and during this aspect, being the it's okay to be the smart one in the classroom or go above and beyond. But the flip side of that, right? Being a young mm -hmm. African-American girl who has goals of being a doctor or whatever it is in that medical field, but a high ranking of that stature. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you may remember or stuck with you that also kind of, it hurt a certain way or kind of poked you like, oh man, is this like, you know, cause we all have the good gets, the highlights get shown above all the, yeah. the you know, the grind we talked about, right? But mm -hmm. what are some things or something that may have either motivated you or just, what does somebody may have said it could have been some negative that you're willing to share, but that also pushed you because it came to a point in time where I'm sure you may want to quit. I'm not sure or do something different. Yeah, it's honestly, it's the delayed gratification. You know, when you think about getting to the next step, you're like, OK, I'm done. But it's like you're actually never done. Like I have seven more years after this and then I will be done. And so understanding that, you know, in college, I can't go party all the time like everybody else. I can't have that spring break like everybody else could. I can't, like, I have to make sure that my record is completely clean. Like I can't get, you know, some of the life experiences that people have in college, you know, doing the things that you're supposed to do in college, like have fun. You know, I kind of missed out on some of those things because I had to make sure I was working to, to afford medical school applications, to afford interviews, to afford things like that. And then also just making sure I kept a clean record. And so sometimes that was really discouraging because it's like, you know, I'm 19 years old with a full time job. What 19 year old is doing that and also going to school full time at the same time? Like, I want to go to the beach, too. I want to party, too. And so that was really discouraging, like watching my friends and watching people like the similar age as me being able to do those things and understanding that my reward is going to come later. You know, like, yes, it'll be fun to do this. Yeah, it'll be fun to come to this party, but I have to get this A in this class. And if it means that I have to study extra hours or if it means that I can't go out tonight, that's fine. But look where I am today. And it's realizing that, yes, it's delayed gratification, but at the end of the day, it's worth it. So um, the the work ethic right there, you talked about mom a little bit. Who, if, if her, who else was responsible for shaping you into this student Oh, my dad. You know, like, pops. My okay. dad. Yeah, like he's military. So super regimented, super strict. Like before you wanted to go out and play Saturday morning, that house needed to be clean. 8 a.m. You're waking up and cleaning it like graves in my house, like straight A's was not celebrated. It was expected. You know what I'm saying? Like you are supposed to do well in school. It's not a thing where it's like, OK, we're, we're proud of you, but. You, you know, you should have got an A in the first place. So it was one of those things to where he really tried to instill in us integrity, like your word is bond, making sure that you're doing the best that you possibly can. And I think that really paid off because there were times in medical school where I didn't have as much guidance, you know, from my family because they didn't understand what I was doing. You know, I'm the first one to do something like this. And so, you know, whenever I'm studying for a test and whenever I'm doing something, the fact that I could walk away from it saying that I gave it my all that's kind of where that came from. Cause my dad was like, you know, if you're going to do this, you need to do it to the best of your ability. Don't, don't cut corners. Don't have stuff. Don't do anything like that. Make sure that you're giving a hundred percent. And I would definitely say that came from him. That's what's up. So at any point, did your relationship, you guys bump heads or dad? Like oh yeah. All the 
time because I mean it may not seem like it, but I'm the the wild one, you know, because I decided to keep going. You know, a lot of people in my family either they stopped at a high school education or they stopped at college. So whenever I kept going to graduate school, they're like, they, they kind of didn't understand what I was doing, like, because it's not the same thing to where you get a GPA or you have grades. It's, it's kind of not like that. Everything is more pass fail, more competency based. And it, it was hard because I had to explain to my parents, like, I'm going to need your help past college. I'm going to need your help even now. Yeah, I'm 26, but you know, this is a journey that takes the majority of your lifetime. You know, technically when I finish, I will be 33 years old when I finish, like completely finish. And so you need that type of support. You need people around you to understand that, you know, a lot of your life is delayed. When you think about what people are doing at my age, a lot of my friends are married or they have kids and things like that. But, you know, again, I don't have that luxury just yet because I'm a full-time student. It's a lot. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would say I would ask this question next, I guess. What what is your uh, I'm sorry, no, what do you do for the other side? The re the relaxation, if there's any, or the detachment, because as we yeah. know, right, we're in a state of mind right now, we can overwhelm ourselves so much, we can mm -hmm. uh carry so much baggage or burdens or try to do so much for ourselves, for our family. Mm -hmm. What do you yeah. do or what type of tactics do you do or who do you connect with to get you to get away or, or relax or recharge right because if you're going yeah. well, going you're going to burn out at some point but how do you stay yeah. charged up absolutely i would have to say god you know the first the first reason first and foremost why i'm here is god and so definitely you know connecting with my spirituality going to church praying things like that and just also staying physically active you know i played sports all throughout high school i you know i kept the same type of training mentality in college and i do that here so going to the gym powerlifting, weightlifting then i also do like contemporary dance things like that love being expressive and then getting out of cleveland because i'm a florida girl so being in cleveland for the last five years it's kind of hard because the sun really doesn't shine here and I'm from the sunshine state. So getting back to Cleveland, connecting with my friends, just getting back down south whenever I can, being surrounded by the culture that I'm used to, it really helps ground me. That's what's up. We're going to talk about this college real quick, but again, got to shout out my, my sponsors, man. I take care of my people, take care of me. Every Medical Aesthetics in Elk Grove, uh, tap in with them for the facials and stuff like that. Also some other local people here, man. Again, tap into Urban Medical Aesthetics, uh, Beauty Bar, um let's go our place event space weddings parties bar mitzvahs i'm gonna say anything you want to do they got the whole setup um inside outside access man it's a dope venue in old sack tap in with our place uh young athletics we talked about fitness already right mental health fitness you guys tap into young athletics they can do whatever you need he's in the san leandro area bay area oakland um tap into my big bro you got something good going on and uh photo booths and everybody's taking pictures right if you want 360 regular whatever they got it they got the big setup they got the 360 they got the stationary type in with b lee everything's on uh instagram and facebook let them know jay coach jay sent you you know what i mean just give me a good reference or referral i appreciate it um thanks to my sponsors again couldn't be doing this without y'all as well um let's talk about FAMU for a little bit though man because like i said hbc man it's Nothing like it. I tell nobody where you yeah. at. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an different, experience man. like no other. You, you cannot replicate it. Yeah, you cannot replicate it. What are some of the highlights of you being in the HBC? Even though you're already from the area, so you already knew about it, and you got the actual, yeah, yeah, you got yeah. family, you got Miami, you got Florida State. So it's, I know it's jumping all around anyway. But what yes. about family? Give me a couple of highlights for you being down there. 
was that like? Um, it was, it was, so I already knew I was going to FAMU because both of my parents went to FAMU and my grandparents went to FAMU. My brother and sister went to FAMU and I went to FAMU with my cousins. So <laughs> like, everybody. I'm like a third generation rat. Like it was just going to happen regardless. Yeah. It was an, it was like a family, you know, like you have teachers who not only educate you, but they'll pray for you at the same time. Mm. You know, they'll make sure you're good. And I think going to a place where you are not the minority for the first time, cool. I think was an amazing experience because, you know, I loved my education experience that I got in middle school and high school, but I was pretty much always the only black kid in all the mm-hmm. honors classes and things like that. But when you get to FAMU, the population is 99.9% black. Every, you know, your classmates, right. Your classmates look at, look like you, your teachers look like you, mm-hmm. you know, if you need some lotion, you can ask the person <laughs> next to you, you know, stuff like that. Like yeah. culture is just understood. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to change who you are. Like everybody understands everything, like your hair, the way you talk, how you dress, like you just fit right in. And I think it was nice being in that space and being able to learn in that space. Because I think whenever you're in a space where you're comfortable, you can really get the most out of it. And I would have to say, that's what I really liked about FAMU. That's what's up. Definitely good. Shout out to FAMU. Now, give me one one or two things that you say, like you really had to step up or kind of made you shift your focus a little bit down there. Like I, I mean, because I know HBCUs, we all have our struggles too. I, like we say, if we can make an yes. HBCU, you can make it anywhere. But give me right. one or two things that you may, you know, you have to either add, add, pick up or do better at or kind of come through that experience as well. Yeah, I would have to say one of the things I noticed because I told you like I would go away mm-hmm. to some of these PWIs and come back and I would be like, okay, you know, these students are learning things that we're not covering at FAMU but are necessary for me to, you know, get to the next step. And that's one of the things that I tried to incorporate. So, you know, um, I was a chemistry major, biology minor. And one of the things that I did was I tried to bring back, you know, critical appraisal of research papers, things like that. Cause these are things that we weren't doing at FAMU. You know, we weren't reading research papers. We weren't critically appraising the literature. We weren't, you know, writing papers on our own. And I think that that's something that was really vital, honestly, to just to the critical thinking process, you know, as a doctor, as a resident, one of the things that you're required to do every day is just think, 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 and not just think what, but think why. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, we were lacking at the time at FAMU was, you know, we were doing more of memorization and more of, you know, connecting the dots where, you know, the homework is the quiz and the quiz is the test. And that is very good if you have a good memory, but Mm -hmm. when it's time to critically think, you know, that is not helpful. And so I think bringing that to FAMU and having those changes in the curriculum that I have seen, they have made those changes was was a good idea and something that I I would have critiqued. That's what's up. I was sitting here drinking the CMOS. I might as well pull up her too. More natural products. I don't. I just started drinking sea moss drinks, but this tastes like Kool Aid, something like that. So it's pretty good. She got a ton of flavors here in Sacramento too, man. But I definitely recommend this for y'all. Keep that healthy drinking you. But relationships, right? Um, I would say that's one thing to HBCUs. Yeah, you have some good ones. You have some bad ones there, but you learn how to navigate those spaces, right? Yeah. Especially with teachers and staff. If you want to get things done on time or get your skip them lines or get some. Yes. Hey, you gotta know how to talk to everybody. That, and that's what I tell people. If, like, I fam, you taught me how to network. It taught me how to have the confidence to approach people, and that's one of the things that made me stand out here at Case. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you go to a PWI, the classes are much larger. You're in a right. room with 200, 300, 400 
of people. And so it's very easy to feel small or like you're not really able to connect with your professors. But being from HBCU and understanding that if you want something done, you got to go up there. You got to ask. You got to go to people's offices. You got to email. You got to call. I think that's why I am where I am today here is because I got that confidence from FAMU and understanding that if you need something done, the only person standing between you and and your task is you. So you have to do what you need to do. If you need to call somebody, if you need to pull up to their office, that's what you got to do. You got to go get Get it it done. Yeah, you got to get it done. Um, To be the the accomplishment that you're setting foot on, you're going to go to the Vanderbilt. How does that when you made that step, got that award, finished that? What was your initial feeling like? I know I saw the video. I, I, I was trying to get it on here so I could post a clip on there, but I'll post it on the Instagram page too. But just, I saw the feeling of, I can imagine, but for you personally though, what was kind of, were you numb? Was sensation wise? It was overjoyed. I mean, so many things I could think yeah. of from you, hearing from your mouth, what was that feeling like for you? I would have to say it was disbelief and relief. You know, when, when you think about just how this process works in general, I don't think people really understand what you're accomplishing. You know, the mm-hmm. match process is set up to where, it's not where you just apply to wherever you want to go and then they accept you and then you pick, okay, I'm going to go here. No, 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 no. It does not work that way. How it works is that you have to be competitive enough and you apply to X number of programs across the United States. Hmm. And then you interview at those programs and you rank those programs one through whatever number, however many you interviewed at. The programs then rank applicants one through however many you, you know, you end up at. And specifically for neurosurgery, they take between one and four people every year at at however many schools like Vanderbilt, for example, takes three people a year. So that's it. It's it's really competitive. And so if I rank Vanderbilt number one, which I did, um, if I rank Vanderbilt number one and they rank me number one, then I match at Vanderbilt. But if I rank Vanderbilt number one and say they ranked me number four I don't match at Vanderbilt I go to my number two rank now so it's not a situation where you just pick and choose wherever you want to go that you have to be wanted by the institution and it has to be you know a perfect match it's kind of why it's called the match so you got to meet they you got to be on their list they got yeah you got to be on their list and you never know like you're when you're interviewing because you interview from october all the way until january and then you submit all of this information in february and then on friday you open that letter so when you get that letter you don't know what's going to be in there because it's an algorithm like they press a button and then people all across the united states get matched somewhere so you have no idea like, i could open that letter and end up in alaska but i don't think there's residents programs in Alaska but that that could have happened you know wow it was just relief because one I matched because just matching in itself is something that is really hard to do and then to match at your number one program and to match at a program that you know loves you and wants you to it's just an amazing feeling and that's something that I like that whole day like the disbelief part came when I matched. And then when I saw it was Vanderbilt, I was like, yes. Like, I was just so happy. Yeah, that's what's up. I'm going to throw this picture up here. You, you give me a first thing that comes to mind. You see this picture. Hopefully you can see it. Oh, <laughs> yes. I was so, so, so happy. Oh, my goodness. That's what's up. Definitely. Like I, said, it's, it's, I mean, especially coming from your, the alma mater, giving you love. People giving yeah. you love. It's super dope. I think this, I'm not sure I stole this one too. I'm, you Let me know what this feeling was or where this was at. Was this graduation? Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> because my profites drove into town. My profite, um, I'm a member of um, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And so my profite, she's also a physician. And okay. so she opened 
the letter for me. And so she was taking pictures of me. We went out to dinner. I honestly just, the glow that I had, the smile that I had, it was just so real because it has been a long time coming. And so it's it's like, I finally get what I've been looking for all these years. Yeah. And and you're still going though. That's the thing. You said you got, you got time to go. Seven more years. Yeah. Um, so in sports, in basketball, right, we call it triple threat when you can dribble, pass, and shoot, right, hit the ball. But mm-hmm. on here, at the end of all the shows, um, I ask all my guests, what's your triple threat? Like right now, you're going, you've experienced enough, a lot, but now you're going to go to experience some more. But give me, people who may know you listening, may not know you, little new listeners, but you're going to make some new followers now um, from this. Um, what is your triple threat? Like three things you could say that you hold true to your heart or you hold on to or you carry with you through your, your journey because – I'm sure you've experienced, you're going to and have experienced already certain things that you got to, certain things you got to hold on to or kind of like, you know what I'm saying, that 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 you hold your stamp to, right? You could just share three things, uh, your triple threat mm-hmm. with everybody right now would be dope. I would have to say resilience, adaptation, and also my sense of humor. Um, I think that one, you have to be resilient to do this. There are many people who will look at you and tell you that this field is not for you. There are many people who will look at you and tell you that you should do something else because you're a woman or because you're black or they'll, you know, I have a Southern accent according to the people up here. So the moment I speak, people automatically assume I'm not intelligent or things like that. So being able to take those hits every day and keep going, I think is Mm -hmm. something that you have to have in order to do something like this. And I think that's one of the things that set me apart. And then also adaptation, you know, I, before I came to Cleveland, I had never really been up North besides Boston in the summertime for three months. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to adapt to, you know, you know, just adapt to a culture change, adapt to a school wide change, you know, coming from HBCU and then transitioning to a PWI, that was completely different, you know, like being able to interact with different, you know, cultures of people, you know, races of people, like I said, at FAMU, everybody's black. So, you know, being around different cultures of people was amazing to really understand and have that type of diversity, but you have to adapt to that. You have to adapt to a different schedule. You have to change your whole study schedule. You know, at FAMU, I could study one way and make it, hey, I got up here and tried doing the same thing. That does not work. So you have to figure out a way that's, that's going to help you. And then just changing from year to year. You know, in your first year in medical school, you're really just concerned with, you know, book work. You're learning how to how the body works. You're learning about medications and things like that. Then you transition to your third year. You're only in the hospital and you're only seeing patients, dealing with patients. And what you do to learn information in your first year does not work in your third year. And so being adaptable and understanding that when someone needs you to do something, you have to kind of just figure out how to do it and finding that creativity and that innovation within yourself to kind of make it happen and understand how that works for you. And I also think just my sense of humor, you know, I think that people sometimes are too serious all the time. And sometimes, you know, laughter is really good for the soul. And just being able to make things lighthearted and make people happy, I think is something that people really don't think about, but it makes the work environment better. It makes patient care better. It just makes one, the the atmosphere that you're working in a lot better. And I love bringing a smile to people's faces. So being able to have that, that, you know, trade, I think is really nice. Super dope. So in seven years, what can we look for you? What's the end goal? Where are you going to be at? What are you going to, what are you going to be doing seven years? What's what's the title going to be? So it will be doctor (laughs) to my Potter and um, spine. You know, I really love spine. I love the pathology that you can get in the spine. So I really want to subspecialize in spine surgery and just working in the community. You know, one of the reasons why I chose Vanderbilt is that they have an alliance with Meharry. 
you know, and being able to connect with HBCU students there and mentor them and inspire them is really important to me. So hopefully being able to take care of patients in that general area as well as inspire and mentor medical students is something that I'm really passionate about. That's definitely dope, man. Uh, best of luck to you. Take the breaks, get your recreation, keep the keep the sense of humor Thank going because that is that is needed for us too. But also keep inspiring others, and um, I'm sure a lot of minorities, other females, especially black and ladies, want to be doctors. They got to see and that look like them, but still can be, yeah. you know, what I mean, have conversations like them and come from HBCUs too, and then make that transition, be adaptable mm-hmm. like you. So I mean, that's that's big props to you and your family. Pops, the military man, moms in the in the medical field, you got the both sides covered. You had no <laughs> only way to go. Only way to go is up. That's definitely yes. dope, man. Um, keep it going. Congratulations and um, nothing but the best for you, doctor. Soon to be. All Thank right. You. I Thank appreciate you. you taking time out of your day. Hopefully, it didn't take too much time. Sure, you got to steady something going on. Or <laughs> yeah. Enjoy a break. Enjoy some a break time. Thank All right. I appreciate you. Man, you I did want to um, say one last comment. You know, us medical students, especially Black medical students across the country, one of the things that we started is something called a MedGrad wish list to support us in our transition to residency. You know, I work in medical school because I need to pay my bills, but most people don't. And so if you want to support a medical student, if you want to support um, a Black medical student across the country and any specialty, there's something called a MedGrad wish list. If you go on there, you can purchase items to help people move. Some people need towels. Some people need money. Some people need whatever they need to help them get across the country to get to where they're going for residency is not a cheap thing so if you can go online i sent you my link tree if you could post that if you can go online just type in mayor wishlist on google and they'll it'll show up you know hundreds of students across the country if people want to go and support them i think that's really good for us and i definitely want to make sure we're getting help you know for our black and brown medical students that way they can get to the place that they need starting july 1st yep say 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 no more we'll get the links posted up when we post the show's already live everything is live but that's when we put the ig post or the story post we'll post the stuff up because again from a push for a button we can help other students who in need every little bit we've been we've been in dorms before Every little yeah. bit help. Oh, every right. little bit helps. A little care package right. helps. Every little bit yes. helps, especially when it comes un- unannounced or just out of nowhere. Ooh, mm-hmm. nothing like it. Nothing like yes. it. So that's definitely going to be something we look forward to, and we'll still connect about that. I want to help support that as well. So we'll make sure we get that out there. Information. Um, again, it's be a blessing, a greater blessing to bless others, man. That's all it is. Like I said, we got yes. it. Or if you can have it, can give it up. Take care of somebody else. It'll be greatly appreciated on their end. I appreciate you. Have a good Thank day. You. Soon to be Dr. Potter coming to you soon. Y'all be on the lookout. Uh, again, you heard it here first from Coach JT. And again, soon to be Dr. Dr. Potter. Yeah. Peace.